This is the Reverend Jeremy Means Koss, and you're listening to an Episcopal Constellation in the Shires of Vermont. Let the words of my mouth always be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my Redeemer. Good morning, everyone. This is the second Sunday in Lent. And Lent is the season, unlike Advent, Advent is we're getting ready for Christ to be born. Lent, we're getting ready. We're leading us to the cross and the empty tomb. So um, I want to start with Mark, but I don't, I don't want to start with 31. I want to go back a couple of verses where Jesus is asking his disciples, who do they say I am? Some said Isaiah, some said Jeremiah, some said the prophets. But then he turned to Peter he says, Peter, who do you say I am? Peter says, you are the Messiah. Oh, my goodness, he got it right. Maybe. Maybe he got it right. Um, let me go on a little bit further, and I'll come back to that. There's a verse also in the beginning of chapter 8 where a blind man is brought to Jesus to heal. So he let the blind man out of the village, and put saliva on his eyes, laid his hands on him, and he says, okay, what do you see? He says, well, I see trees, they look like they're walking. So he did it again. He says, what do you see now? He says, I can see clearly. He said, good, go home, but do not go back to the village. So there's a reason for that. He didn't want the the blind man to go back to the village. He didn't want his disciples telling people that he was the Messiah. And I think that's because Jesus knew what was in their minds, the human things instead of the divine things. Um, So this blind man was like partially or spiritually blind. And maybe that's what Peter was. He was partially spiritually blind. He knew part of the message. He knew that Jesus was the Messiah, but he didn't know the whole picture. So when Jesus was telling him that he was going to be, he's going to suffer, be rejected and killed. And on the third day, rise again, rise again. I think Peter just stopped listening. As soon as he heard his hero, the man he's been traveling with all over the territory, is going to be killed. That's not on the agenda. He cannot be killed. <laughs> so that's why I feel that Peter was spiritually, partially spiritually blind. He didn't see the whole picture. And let me explain that. <clears throat> Back in Palestine, the word Messiah meant the leader of the military to save their nation and get rid of R- Roman occupiers occupiers, give them power and make them prosperous. And that could be what Peter was thinking, but that's against God. God wouldn't pick one nation over another. It's all nations that God loves. They all getting it a little bit wrong, (laughs) not wrong, but partially. So what does that mean for us? Is that the way we think of Jesus today? Let me ask you a question. What do you expect in Jesus? What do you want Jesus to be? Is the church like that years ago in America today? Are we spiritually blind? Do we see Jesus who he really is? I think the problem with Jesus was began with all his miracles. He did such great things. He helped paraplegic walks. He he helped blind men see, healing the sick, raising someone from the dead, and even turning water to wine. He knew at that moment that was not his hour to start, but his mom kind of butted in. But who says no to mom? So so his ministry began with all this healing and people are following him. They're following him because of these miracles he's doing. Plus he's feeding them. He fed 5,000 at one time, 4,000 another time. People were hungry. I have to say, I got to... I kind of feel like I stand where Peter was. When when I was a little girl, 
I had a hero called Superman. It was a black and white show that us kids could watch. So he was kind of hero. He couldn't be hurt. Nobody could hurt him. And yet on the news one day, it came that Superman committed suicide. I said, that's impossible, five years old. I said, I couldn't comprehend that. How can this man be dead? It's impossible. But this is what Peter, I think, was thinking of Jesus. He didn't want his savior to die. However, I think when Jesus said, I'm going to raise on the third day, Peter stopped listening. He just shut it right off. He listened right up to the suffering and the rejection. So when Peter rebuked Jesus because of this, Jesus turned to his turned to him and he said, get behind me, Satan. Why do you think he said that? At that point, Jesus and the demons were the only ones that knew who Jesus was. He thought this was another attempt by Satan, another temptation that he was going to put on him. So he turned to his disciples and gave them this teaching, this teaching of the suffering servant. How do you think we feel today if Jesus came in and said, if you want to follow me, you have to die. Let's face it, you have to die. And what he meant by that is you have to die to live. you got to deny yourself, die to yourself and rise in Christ. Get rid of self-centeredness and, be- and become Christ-centeredness. In order to do that, you have to take up your cross because the cross reminds you of the death of what The cross was a death instrument. So you may suffer if you follow Christ, but you will suffer with obedience. But comfort comes from disobedience. And in order to follow Christ, you need to renounce gladly prosperity and applause in the world. What good does it do for you to gain the whole world and forfeit your soul? What can you give for your life? So inviting all of us to follow him, pick up your cross. The cross reminds us of torture and death. And however, when Jesus rose from the death, the glory of God shone forth. So the cross becomes the tree of life. Jesus is inviting us to an everlasting life, not the life that today where, you know, it may fade away, but it's an everlasting life, like a trillion years. So Jesus became the suffering servant. And if you ever want to read about the suffering servant, I'm not going to go into it today, but it's Isaiah chapter 53. It's everything that Jesus is telling us here. So if you follow Jesus, yes, you will suffer some. Some of us all already suffer sometimes. There's always a point in our lives that we are suffering. But with Jesus will be with us every step of the way. Likewise, Jesus doesn't call us to pursue or prolong suffering. Rather, he calls us to end or alleviate suffering whenever possible. And when suffering can't be avoided, to take up the cross and follow Jesus, healer and liberator, into God's dawning new world where mourning and crying and pain will be no more. That's Revelation 21 and Isaiah 25. And I'm going to end with a letter that I found in that Paul wrote to Galatians. And he wrote, I have been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but it's Christ who lives in me. Amen. Thank you for listening to an Episcopal Constellation. We hope you enjoyed what you heard, and if so, please give us five stars on your local podcast provider.